Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the CJJC Show. Embrace the controversy. Stay for the biased takes. Super Wildcard Weekend was, in fact, a super fun experience or a super sad experience for some of us as the guys will go through the weekly drive through but it is a playoff edition. So, sit back and enjoy the show. Jalen well it is a late Monday night but nevertheless we we're still good to go um so man I'm not gonna lie to you I was in pretty high spirits right until right as we were getting going up to record this but then as we were just talking before we started someone on the box is like down with a really bad injury which kind of I didn't even see what happened because we were talking but they just cut to commercial um it's pretty looks pretty bad but um. So hopefully he's all right. We'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, prior to this point, it's been ugly. Jalen, how are you doing tonight? It's been rough. <laughs> it's oh, it been, been rough. rough. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been a rough one. But uh, honestly, can I'm looking forward to talking about these games because there's a lot I have on my mind to share. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch this playoff game because I did just show back up from work. But uh, to see the score blow out, mm-hmm. it'll be fun to see how uh, everyone makes fun of Stephen A. Because I did watch this morning how he was just berating the Buccaneers. I mean, the Cowboys and just yeah. just throwing all kinds of shade. So I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how tomorrow is going to pan out for some of the some of the media handles, like how Skip is going to react, how. Stephen A and all them going to react. It's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a fun media day tomorrow. Because today, for me at least, today was brutal because everyone was talking about my team in a pretty unfun way. But yeah, man, let's get into these games because I'm already trying to circle over to my Vikings somehow. <laughs> all right, yeah, sorry. Nobody one... is left on the sideline for Tampa Bay. Sorry. Ooh. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that's the injury. It's, I'm trying to it just hear like what's the... going on. Like, it seems like it's really bad. Yeah, know. they got the card out and everything. Giant suck up is the only one over there in case he's called upon here. Trying to stay loose on this chilly night in Tampa Bay, but they're really keeping the suck up out there. Man. I don't know if like frightening sight watching Russell Gage try to get up and not being able to Oh, so he just like couldn't get up. So I guess he's like knocked out. I don't know. I didn't see exactly what happened. Um, but it's Russell Gage. So, anyways, sorry, I I just Damn. got a bit distracted by that. Um, just hate to see that. But yeah, you do, yeah. So it was a wild week of games. Um, hope Russell Gage is okay. As we, well, I guess we'll start with this one because you said you didn't get to watch it. So I can give you a quick summary if you want. I mean, I'm sure you've heard what happened. Yeah. No, but- I have not. I have not heard anything. I've been work. I, I nose to the grind working, man. So basically, it was um, this one. It's thirty-one to six right now, as you can see, with what like three minutes left. Um, as Russell Gage is, they're trying to get him back up. Um, they got him on the backboard. Jeez. Um, but so yeah, Dallas. Hats off to Dallas, and you know what? I because of an understandable fear, 
you know, it was all like, well, it's still the Tom Brady voodoo, satanic magic. Like, even though they're eight and nine, he could still win the Super Bowl. No, turns out the Bucks are actually just bad. Um, the Cowboys completely throttled them from start to finish. It was weird because Dallas missed their first four extra points. Mayor, the Cowboys kicker, who's been pretty good this year, missed all of his first four extra points. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is a bizarre thing that's going to bail out Tom Brady. But then, no, the Cowboys just continuously destroyed them the whole time. Uh, as you can see, the Bucks only have six points, so the extra points haven't ended up costing them. Uh, so that made it weird. But very impressive performance from the Cowboys. And I know we'll get to your sorrows later, but I also have some bad news for you on a uh, personal front here. All right, what you got? After tonight. And you know I was with you going into the year, and we've said it's always been neck and neck even. But after the events that have transpired yesterday and now tonight, the black Kirk Cousins is better than the white Kirk Cousins. I'm putting Dak <laughs> in my rankings because this was, like I said, yes, they just clamped the Bucks' offense, but this was probably the most impressive game I've seen Dak have. He balled out in this game. He was throwing dimes. He had no picks. He had a running touchdown, like – Considering how he looked, he's looked in some moments this year. Um, and it's not like the Bucks' defense is horrible. So this was in a very impressive game by Dak. Uh, that's probably recency biased. I know he's had some pretty good games. But, like, as far as playoffs, I mean, this is only his second playoff win. This has been the most impressive game I've ever seen Dak Prescott play. So that's my last uh, bit I'll give you in the summer. Well, uh, my only my only uh, argument is Kirk Cousins did ball out in his own aspect. He only had the one bad throw he did. that we all yeah. <laughs> that everyone is highlighting, you know, and yeah. I'm sure we will get to. Uh, but Kirk went off too, you know, in his playoff game. So yeah, he can be the black Kirk Cousins. You know, Kirk went 31 for 39. He balled out, no interceptions, and uh, yeah, and you know, we'll I really want, we'll get to that game later, man. That it hurts, but um, like I said, man. This Cowboys team, man, I told y'all, I tried telling you and Christian on Thursday, they were suited, <clears throat> they're suited up, ready to roll, man. This defense, I told y'all. It feels just, bad. Sorry. No, you're good. It's yeah. it, it, It's just, yeah, they just showed up, you know? Yeah. I was going to say, it feels bad, too, because all year, I mean, you've seen this, we've done our rankings, like, this is the most I've been a believer in the Cowboys in years, but I just have never, like, fully trusted them, and that combined with the Brady voodoo magic, I was like, oh, they're going to they're gonna lose this game, even though I've been on them being, like, I think they're actually pretty good all year. Um, so, yeah, no, they're actually just good, because they absolutely throttled the Bucks in this game. This was not close at all. It was just dominant from start to finish. Oof, yeah, I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad that this game was more of a blowout because I thought I would miss a lot, but turns out I'm in it. And uh, like you said earlier, Tom Brady was struggling, and I'm guess I'm guessing that was a sight to see for a fellow AFC head like yourself. Uh-huh. So, um, I guess now now we get to finally talk the fun question of what's going to happen with Tom Brady. You know. Now that he's officially going to probably no longer be a buck after this game. Oh, there's no – yeah, he's leaving. He does not want to be here for this. Um, I don't know. Like, he does have a very, like, good job lined up for his retirement. Like, he's going to go make an insane amount of money to call games. I don't think he will possibly go out like this. So, my gut is he goes somewhere else. But those options are kind of realistically maybe shrinking, if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, I think if you're the Raiders, 
I said like if they did to the Bucks to just get a second touchdown, but it's not gonna be nearly enough. Um I think the Raiders feels like the spot because do you see the did you see the Dolphins came out and said they're they're sticking with Tua? Yep. Like, so there's a lot of good news that came out today. Like you got Tua, um, there was what's it called? Harbaugh. You got we officially found out that Harbaugh staying with Michigan. That's a whole cool thing too, if you wanna a little sidetrack to that real quick. Michigan's doing like a sponsorship program where it's like a GoFundMe and everything. And that's how they paid for their players to stay and everything. They have like four returning players coming back because they raised like $100,000 and everything just like within a couple weeks for them to stay. So lit, but college football is still just so dumb. There's, I know. Like I, I know. thought this was the year they could have – I don't want to go too much into college football, but I did think no. this was the year Michigan could actually like play with – the SEC big dog, like compared to last Uh-oh. year, destroyed. But they lost to TCU, and TCU got annihilated. So Colby, oh he's God. not going away. Colby, he's not going away. I know. Tom I saw the Magic got the onside kick. She's the Bucks got the onside kick. Brady's not going down with. There's no fight. if he scored. This would be <laughs> if he. This would be more impressive than the 28-3 easily. If he can manage to score that many points in two minutes, oh my this God. would easily be more impressive than the 28-3. No uh, way he could do this. This is bad. I, I think it's still over, but that is hilarious that they did recover the onside because it just camera panned over to correct. Brady, and Brady was surprised too. He had to get his helmet back on and everything. Brady's look was like, "Oh shit, I'm going back out here." <laughs> so, man, and it's going to be interesting for the Cowboys because I'm pretty sure they uh, Giants are going to the Eagles, so the Cowboys get the 49ers. That's going to be a fun one. That's going to be a fun one. The way you seen this defense play today. I think this is gonna be a, that's gonna be a fun one to talk about on Thursday. Yeah. So, yeah, man. And that's uh, dang. I just can't believe it's just that's just you know this much of a blowout. Yeah, I did not see this coming. I'll be honest with you. I'm very impressed with the Cowboys. Uh, maybe I should have because they clearly are a much better team. Um, they just don't have Tom Brady. But anyways, um, that makes a good transition because you're talking about Brady. Where's he gonna go next year? And another reason why I think his options are maybe shrinking a little bit, even though he still can play, obviously. We go back to the first game of the playoffs. I don't know how the Niners are moving off of Brock Purdy, the way he's going nah. so far. Yeah. That was an impressive performance in his first playoff game. Yes, he's on the stack Niners, but but man – the Eagle, the not the Eagles, good lord. The Seahawks were up at half. It was a close, scrappy game, like I thought, division round three for a yep. half. And then the second half, they just blew the doors off. Yes, he had McCaffrey making some crazy plays. He had Debo, but Brock Purdy made some baller throws in this game. He started a little shaky, and there was money in the second half. Like, I'll give him this much. Like, and I, I love him, Iowa State. I know you say I don't like him, but I obviously am rooting for him. I'm just surprised. Is really it's tough love. You have very tough love for him. Yeah, and surprised because like he was not very like I believed that he could have been an NFL quarterback going into last year of college football. But then his senior year at Iowa State was just such a huge disappointment and so bad. I was like, oh, this dude, like, no, he cannot play in the NFL. And then now he's balling out. Um, but it was impressive. Um, and I say he's better than Jimmy G. I'll, that's what I was going to give him. Like, who would have thought that? But he has way more upside than Jimmy G. 
Did you see that he threw as many touchdowns in this game as Jimmy G has in his playoff career at six games? Yeah, his whole entire 49ers playoff career, Brock Purdy. <laughs> Jeez. So, like, oh, he left the catch that Mike Evans. Mike, Mike Evans almost had a run in touchdown on the first throw and he dropped it. Like, no disrespect. Oh, my gosh. No disrespect to Brady. He's obviously way better than Brock Purdy, but like, if you're the Niners, like, why am I going to go pay? 47 year old tom brady like however even though he'll probably take a pay cut like still it's gonna be a lot more money than you're paying the literally no money to what like a 24 year old brock purdy who just balled out and we'll see how far he can take him but i think he might get to the super bowl (laughs) so like i think brock purdy is gonna be the guy next like even trey lance like has more of a case because they picked him so high but like I don't if he keeps playing like this, I don't know how you move off him. Sorry, that was long. <laughs> no, I'm with you. It's hard for the Niners to find a reason to move off him for Brady, you know. Sure, Brady's the hometown kid, but Brock Purdy's the you can see that this is the guy that the team is rallying behind. Fans love him. All kinds of cool signs are coming out, you know, of making like, you know, big and there was what, yeah, big cock Brock. It was a picture of a chicken and everything. It said big and then a picture of a chicken, Brock, and then and so the 49ers fans, I think they're going to start – I think they're buying into them already, you know? And obviously, they probably might have their own hesitations as well when it comes to replacing uh, Brock Purdy. And they might want to just pretty much keep the system going with what they got. So I'm completely with you. I don't know if Brady is going to be the go-to option here for them. Like, yeah, it would be, it would be a cool thing, but I think it would make no sense in there for them as well. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm with I'm totally with you on that. This was impressive. The Niners are just such a juggernaut, too. This roster is absurd. And because Brock Purdy also, that's the other thing, like I said, he makes no money. So you'll be able to keep all these other players. Like they're gonna have more money next year because they're gonna not have to pay Jimmy G. Like they have no money invested in Brock Purdy and he's balling like this. Yeah, no, and speaking of quarterback <clears throat> quarterback situations, and you know, transitioning over to Seattle. They gotta, they gotta figure out what they want to do with Gino. Gino wants to. Gino came out and said that he wants to finish his career in Seattle. Um, but you, if you're a Seattle fan, you you gotta obviously, you obviously just saw his ceiling, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think your probably best bet is to go off and probably get another quarterback and draft one. So, I mean, it's probably not gonna be a high pick, but I mean, probably you'll probably see them. I don't know. The Seattle Seahawks are in a weird space. I think. Oh, wait, they got the Broncos pick, right? Yeah. No, yeah, they do. That's what I was going to say. I totally agree with you on that, but I do think, like, they're going to – Geno's going to be back. I would not give him a long-term deal, but you have to bring him back for next year and, like, let a kid sit behind Geno for a year. But I I do totally agree with you just because, like I said, like, because of how much they nailed last year's draft and, like, because of what they are building and, like, they're well-coached, like – the team, I don't know what about Gino, but the rest of the team is only going to get better. Like, those dudes are young. They have extra draft picks. Like, the roster is only going to get better. So, you got this. This is your last Broncos first-round pick. And if you believe you're going to continue to be good, like, with Gino, this, you have to swing on a quarterback with this fifth pick if you can. Unless they all just go super early, which might happen because teams panic. But... um. I totally agree with you on that. But this was a very impressive year for Seattle still. I thought they were going to have the number one pick. So props to me for being really wrong on that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're still getting a really high pick. Who would have thought? We were both wrong on Seattle and and Denver. 
you know they pretty yeah. much switch they pretty much switch spots of our take of our takes you know and i think a lot of people would have said that too is like what we said at the beginning of the season we didn't oh, yeah. see this coming so i in seattle it was uh seattle was one of those feel-good stories of the season man um definitely definitely you know they got good vibes going into next season um my thing is is i don't know I agree with having Gino come back and having a quarterback rest behind him, but man, you, it's going to be interesting how they uh, handle their situations going forward. And who are they going to get in the off season? You know, maybe they might get somebody to make it make it to where Gino Smith is going to be even more dangerous. Who, I don't know how, but yeah, you know, it's like you said, Seattle's roster is really well built, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Gino back, but I would like to see them draft a quarterback or at least bring in somebody else. They should. Besides yeah. Gino. Yeah. Gino, like, absolutely deserves to be the guy for the start of next year. But, you know, I totally agree. Like, it's not, it's, they should, loyalty aside, like, the smart thing to do would be to draft a quarterback this year. Like, you got to, I think, if you can, if one's there. If you can. Yeah. If you can. Uh, well, I've got a real quarterback draft take for you later. We'll get to that. Um, that could play into how things go in Seattle. By the way, the this game, I think, has gone final. Dallas. Yep, it has officially Dallas gone final. Kills, kills Brady. Love to see that. Not actually, but um, that's big time for Dallas. Okay. So the uh, Saturday night game. That was something. Jaguars 31, Chargers 30. The Chargers up 27 to nothing. Uh in this game, I believe at halftime, I was watch. I watched the whole first half, and the Chargers were destroying them. Trevor Lawrence played the worst half of football really you've ever seen. He threw four picks. He had as many picks as completions. Um, the Chargers are demoralizing them. Second half happens. Trevor's dropping dimes and bombs. Jags come all the way back. Chargers don't run the ball. Brandon Staley, very rough performance for him. Doug and Trevor pull off the miracle comeback, went on a field goal at the gun. I mean, that was unbelievable. I literally turned the game off at halftime. My girlfriend and I are playing, started playing this game, uh, like this board game thing. And then I keep looking. I'm like, holy, oh, my goodness, the Jags are coming all the way back. So that was <laughs> insane. Yeah, man, America's team doing it again. And I was heartbroken. I never thought I would be so heartbroken for Justin Herbert, man. I was already heartbroken choosing the Jags in this game. And to see how that game ended for him, and uh, I was I was just like you know, just loss of words. You know, I was so sad. I was like happy that you know the Jags are moving forward and their whole processes are going well. It's fun to see Trevor Lawrence go off, and he's probably maybe it's probably he has a good argument to put himself in the top five of quarterbacks going into next season. Um, and yeah, this, you're looking at and man. I just – it sucks how the Chargers lost that game. And, you know, me and Christian, we called it. You know, we all said it, I think, actually, was that we knew something weird was going to happen with Brandon Staley and the calls that were going to be call- – and what that the Chargers are going to do something and they're going to blow whatever lead they had. We called that. And they and he was play for play. And I'm not going to lie, I was stunned. I, I was stunned in the first half from the Chargers. And I was like, man, I couldn't have been so much more wrong because their defense came out. Made me re- made me remember that Brandon Staley was a defensive coach, and then I got reminded the bad thing about Brandon Staley being a defensive coach as he blew blew it that big of a lead. And um, yeah, it's 
it sucks to be the Chargers. I'm pretty sure a lot of Chargers fans are, you know, also heartbroken and probably don't even they probably call him for Staley's job. But then you have Herbert in the end of the game saying he wants Staley back. I think he might have lost the locker room over this season, man. It's like I've heard some reports. Some guys were saying some guys were saying like Mike Williams being out was demoralizing. Like there's been there's been some bad things coming out about from the locker room about Brandon Staley. Obviously, we've seen the Keenan Allen tweet from the Browns game where they were like, what the is going on here? I can't believe it got, you know, they still won that game, but they were still like, what the hell? So, yeah, the Chargers, man, obviously there's going to be an argument to put in Sean Payton there because you have the talented quarterback and Herbert. But I'm more concerned on if Staley does come back, which is probably like a 50-50 ball. If he does come back, how much of the locker room has he lost just in these last two weeks, you know? Like, I feel like he has a lot of ground he has to gain for next season. And he had a lot of veterans on that defense. And to see Joey Bosa slam his helmet, he picks it up and he just slams it again. Like, I thought that was just a huge shot of disrespect from him. So, Chargers, man, they got to figure some things out because obviously they got the talent. They can get there to the playoffs, but they can never, they can't take that next step, man. Yeah. No, I'm totally with you. Like, this is a tough spot for the Chargers. And, like, kind of a where do you go from here? Because, like, they have all this money invested. They have, like, a very good roster. But you know, they look up and they look at the four teams that are playing this week and, like, they all also have great quarterbacks. And, like, they're not going anywhere. Like, if you, you've got to have the right coach. I ultimately think Staley's going to keep his job just because they haven't done it already like I feel like it would have happened pretty quickly maybe they're waiting I don't know I think the only way I agree with you that like it can't be good for the locker room them not running the ball and the Mike Williams thing last week's in defense like you're the Chargers you literally have such an injury history you've had so many injuries all year like who could have foreseen that that was inexcusable that was horrible Especially when you look like Brian Dayball, they're the Giants. Like, we'll get to them. But, like, they didn't play their guys. That worked out pretty well. Um, So that, yeah. It's all – but I do think he's going to keep his job. I would say if you have a – I know this is technically probably tampering or legal. But if I'm the Chargers, I would, like, informally, if I'm the owners, like, ask Sean Payton, like, will you take this job, like, on the spot if you get it? And if he says yes, then you do that. Otherwise, I think you don't – you probably keep Brandon Staley another year. Even though it was bad, like, I don't think you fire him unless 100% guarantee that you'll get Sean Payton. That's what I would say. Yeah, at least you have to have that guarantee of uh, coaching coming in. And like we said earlier, Harbaugh officially going back to Michigan that we found out today. Um so, yeah, you know, and a lot of people are already getting their interviews in this week, as it is, you know. Some of the coaches are already getting interviewed this week. So, Chargers, they got to they gotta do – if they're going to do their coaching search, they got to do it soon, like you said. And since they haven't announced anything, I'm assuming as well they're probably bringing Brandon Staley back. Still muted there, buddy. Sorry, that was bad. Um, no, yeah, I'm with you on that. I was going to say, 
fun thing. I don't want to get too much in the weeds, but do you think Sean Payton, um, he's interviewing for all these jobs. Do you think he's actually going to take one? Like if this chart, the Dallas one is clearly not going to be open. Um, if the Chargers one doesn't come open, I know he's going to interview for like all of them, but like, is he really going to take any of these? Cause it's, this is like the worst, like, job cycle we've had like there's only five and none of them are particularly great yeah they're all very rough situations i don't see him going to carolina i definitely don't see him going to tech into houston i don't even think he's gonna i wouldn't take the denver job if i was him either too even though they're probably gonna throw a boatload of money at him right, yeah. but so. uh what was the other coaching spot that's Indy. only four Indy, yeah, I don't, I don't know. think he's even. I don't know if he's interviewing with them. I know. Oh, yeah. Arizona and Arizona. He Arizona, yeah. With them. That one might make a little more sense just because of Kyler, but again, I just don't think it's worth it. I like. I think he knows the Kyler rumors, and I think he doesn't want to even deal with all that. So, I, I, I honestly think he might. I would if I might just probably just chill. You know, if I was him, you're doing good on Fox. You know. I, Seems like obviously, he did a lot, though. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Obviously, we all hear that he wants to go back in it, and if he does, go ahead. It's gonna be interesting to see which one he goes back to. Shoot, he might even. I don't think he will go back to the Saints. Makes no sense in my eyes, but it'll be interesting to see where he does. And uh, but I do know one thing: the Jaguars got their coaching situation. I think hands down figured oh, yeah. out. <laughs> um, oh, I don't think they need to ever change course of coaching for a while. Um, probably until they get the job done, get the ring, have that fall off season, and Doug Peterson's like, "Well, did what I had to do, got you your ring, I'm out," <laughs> like he did with Philly. So, uh, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, let's see. I like the Jaguars, man. It's so good to see. Like we said, like I said earlier, America's team pulling through. Um, Legendary. AFC. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they do in Kansas City, though. That's yeah, that's a whole different ball game. <laughs> This is already, like I said, though, the thing that makes the Jaguars very dangerous to the Chiefs of this game, like, especially now, they are playing with house money. Like, they are ahead of schedule. No one expected them to be here. Um, like, they're still rebuilding their roster. Trevor Lawrence only in his second year. So, like, there is no, they have no pressure, like, in this game. This is all the pressures on the Chiefs. Like, the Jags, that's the one thing. They literally have no pressure now. They already have exceeded everyone's expectations by a mile. <laughs> and they just played their worst half of playoff football already behind them. I don't think we're going to see another four interception half out of Trevor yeah. Lawrence again. So, yeah, man, the, the Jaguars, they're going to be very fun to watch. It's going to be interesting to see that Mahomes going up against this. <laughs> he's going to probably dissect that Jags defense. But it's going to be a shoot. I think I'm hoping for a shootout on next week's game. And, uh, Jags, like you say, yeah, they're playing with house money, man. Who would have thought that they would have gotten this far off the bat? Yeah, it's been very impressive. And they get Calvin Ridley next year. Don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> that could be pretty lethal with Trevor Lords. Yeah, uh, they already got the receivers. <coughs> yeah. So, man, props to the Jags. The last thing I'll say on this, and it kind of ties into some of these other games, but watching some of these offensive play callers in these games just makes me, like, so jealous as a Steelers. Like, I'm like, man, like Matt Kamvik is nowhere near the level of these. Like the Doug Peterson, the fourth and one call to ice it, or, or the, the fourth and one call to ETN where they ran like the end around handoff, you know what I'm talking about? Like at the end, 
that yeah. I, just, I was like oh my goodness like that was a brilliant call like that worked perfectly they did not see it coming at all i was like man like doug peterson in those situations he's got some icy play calls oh yeah he was co- dude he was deal when it came down when the mo- when it came down to put your money on the mind and everything or i can't speak of metaphors but anyways when it came down to the wire he was he was dogging out so Good stuff for Dougie P, man. I, like, I would love the hire. Probably won't get coach of the year. Probably going to be going to one of the other coaches that we're talking about. But uh, it's awesome to see how he revived this team, man. Yeah. No, it really has been a great story. Um, okay. On to the Sunday slate. One more before we get to your your heartbroken soul. Um, Bills at Dolph or Dolphins at Bills. Third, Bills 34, Dolphins 31. I mean, I thought this game was going to be just a demoralizing blowout. It looked like it was going to be early, and then Josh Allen had a concerningly turnover-filled game, and Skylar Thompson almost got it done, man. The Dolphins, this was in a very impressive performance by them. It shows how hard it is to beat a team like in a third game. The Bills escape, but man, that was that was crazy. I did not see that one coming. Hand up. It, um, I did. I, I told you, man. It's a rivalry game. Skyler Thompson. I mean, it was a too crazy of a spread for me to take, you know. So the Miami one, it just seemed so easy. Um, and, you know, they had their moments, too, where I was like, oof, it's not looking good for Miami. And then they just somehow, some way, whether it was an, whether it was an interception or, you know, they just, they just kept staying in the game. And the Bills couldn't put them away. So I have a lot of concerns for the Bills moving forward. We already talked about how the Dolphins are probably bringing back uh, Tua. So it's it's looking like, a, you know, look, it looks like the Dolphins are, I mean, yeah, it sucks how their season ended, but I mean, you probably went into this game knowing the, you probably weren't going to win it. But to come out playing that hard with your third string quarterback and everything, a guy that only balled out in the preseason, he came out and and played it for y'all. He couldn't have been more mad. You know, I've seen the video. It was like Dolphins fan, like, comforting his son. His son's just bawling out crying. And he's like, dude, we almost beat the Bills with our third-string quarterback. We have a young coach. It's going to be a fun year to root for the team next season. I agree. The Dolphins are going to be a fun team to root for next season. Um and yeah, now my questions all turn to Josh Allen, like you said, and those concerning turnovers. There was a lot, um, and he's been loose. A lot of people have been tearing at him because of it, and then especially when we talk about the game, that, <laughs> the next game that we're going to talk about and compare how Dayball has just influenced that change, and now people are starting to highlight the difference of Dayball leaving the Bills. And how that's affecting Josh Allen, you have to be a little concerned, you know, because he's been slinging it. He, he's been letting it loose and it's been a little too loose. Yeah, no, Josh Allen, like the Bills, this should have not been so close. Like the Bills were much better. They were getting the big plays. But Josh Allen, yeah, he was just so sloppy and so loose and he almost cost his team the game, which is crazy. Like he's so gifted, but the mistakes are just killer. Miami, I agree. Like, they have a good coach, exciting times going forward. Although they did have the weird thing where they kept like almost getting delay of games down yeah. the stretch, which was weird. So that 
is not the other than that though, Mike McDaniel was great in that game. Um they say they're sticking with Tua. Like I understand, like, and I'm rooting for Tua because like he he did have a good year this year. He was better than I thought he would be, but it's just the health really at this point. I kind of feel like it's almost like well, it's different kinds of injuries. The concussions make it a little more different and weird to talk about, but like I feel like it's kind of a Jimmy G situation. I think he's better than Jimmy G, like at his best. But it's just like, is he going to be able to stay healthy? Um, like I, don't, I really don't know. I think that's a fair comparison. I think uh, Tua just lets it rip a little more than Jimmy G. But yeah, I mean, he's got the weapons like Jimmy has to just dink it off and let them run loose. So yeah, man, it does. It does suck to talk about you know a player and how good they are but i mean the best avail the best availability is availability so i mean to be there that's how you that's how you know you make your money and it's gonna be tough i i respect the dolphins going one more season with them but if you're gonna be dealing with injuries like you did this year you might have to start considering you know reshopping for another guy very soon and that's tough to say to say that yeah we gotta move off the guy because of injuries but i mean God, you might have to consider it, you know? Like, it impacted your team to the point where... Cost you. Yeah, you lost the playoffs, and your third-string quarterback did as much as he could, you know? And I hate to say it, but putting Teddy as a backup quarterback, who's also an injury-prone guy, didn't look good at all. Like, like I, I'm not going to lie, to see Teddy just get hurt off of a broken, broken hand again, I was like, I was like, wow, really? Like, obviously, I'm fortunate for you, Teddy, but, like, I was like, really? Like, that – it was, like, one game, like, not even half a game, and he got hurt, and I was like, man. I was like, Teddy, that's that sucks, man. Like, it, 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 they need – and, dude, it's just so disappointing because, like, yeah, who knows what this game would have been with Tua playing, you know? I don't know if they would have won, to be honest. I think they probably still would have lost, I think – Tua can do as much as Skyler did, in my opinion. But Tua's it's better uh, than Hang on now. <laughs> you saying Tua would have put up more than 31 points on the Bills? I mean, if, yes. You, you, didn't you, yes or no? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. If he had all these Josh Allen turnovers, absolutely. He doesn't play deep. Skyler Thompson wasn't, didn't, don't act like Skyler Thompson. Yes, Skyler Thompson was fine for a third string. Don't act like this man was out there cooking, and that's why it was close. It was close because of the turnovers. <laughs> like, if Tua got those turnovers, yes, I think he would probably won. Like, Tua is much better than Skyler Thompson. I won't let you go that far with your Skyler Thompson uh, absurdities. Like, yes, he did his best in this one, but come on, Tua is much better. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> probably. As I uh, double-check that stat line real quick, it's not the best, Skyler Thompson. You had the highest passer rating in the NFL for, like, half the season. Yeah, because he was also injured for half that season, though, until, you know, he didn't play as many games. An issue. I'm just saying he's better than Skyler Thompson. Even with the injury. I was about to say, no, I'm looking at his stats right now, Cole. Got some got some good points, you know. He went 18 for 45. <laughs> uh, only 220 <laughs> yards, four interceptions, I mean, four interceptions, two interceptions, and four sacks. So, yeah, I kind of agree that probably two would have done a lot better. <laughs> so, probably we'll have to rescind that take. But, yeah, I mean, Skyway did as much as he could. I'm not backing off of that take. No, yeah, you're right about that. 
That was a, that was a very impressive game for the Dolphins. Thomas get it there. And like you said, real concerns for the bills that we'll get to the Bengals, but that bills Bengals game is going to be fascinating next week. Cause they both come in feeling like not at their best. Not the AFC so, favorite. Knows I can tell you that now. they're coming in like they're not the AFC favorites. That's why I can tell you. Yeah. So that's going to be fascinating. Okay. All right. Almost through it, Jalen. Here we have arrived. I'm sorry, buddy. I felt bad. I feel bad for you. I know what this one stings. I've been there. Great season. Great regular season comes to an end for your beloved Vikings in upset fashion. 31-24 at the hands of Danny Dimes and the Giants. I'll just go ahead and give you the floor. Say whatever opening remarks you'd like to prepare before I give you my um, Yeah, as I, you know, cross off the line, you know, the underline the Giants winning this game. You, Colby, once again, you have a good feeling about when the Vikings lose this season for some reason. Every I time the Vikings call the loss. I was, I was <clears throat> money on the Vikings this year. You have been money on the Vikings losses this season, man. Every time the Vikings lose, you were like, yeah, this is the game they were going to lose. And I, I try to try to, you know, put up, I try to make it seem like a facade. And the Vikings, I personally didn't believe in the fourth quarter comeback. I wanted a more bigger lead before that game. Dude, you guys, I told Christian this, you guys, I understand your pains of having terrible coordinators. For you guys, it's offensive. For the Vikings, it's defensive, and it's Ed Donatel. Personally, very disappointed in the Vikings that they haven't fired that man, and I haven't gotten the notification that he's out the door today. I expect it to be out there, that notification to be out by the end of this week then. Moving on, moving forward off of Ed Donatel and his sorry defensive play calling and him doing not like 80% of the time, it was a drop back play. Like it was always drop back. The defender, the corners were always seven yards off of these no name wide receivers from the Giants that now we know, by the way, now we know because they're going to be in the playoffs. So we'll know who they are. Um, and it's, it, it was, it's just so frustrating because, like, the Vikings defense and past from even Zimmer, Childress, to the, even the other big names in the history, solid defenses, you know? Always had some good, decent defenses. Even Leslie Frazier, you know? Like, he, he had a decent defense for us, even though he couldn't figure out he shit defense. on offense. Yeah. defenses. Yeah. And for the Vikings to have this season the worst pass defense in the league, I, I, it drove me insane. And to see the Giants first and 20, first play of the game, they got a holding call. I'm over here like, oh, right. We just scored a touchdown. They just got a holding call, blah, blah, blah. We're doing good. It took them only like four or five plays to score that touchdown. They got the first down right away, 20-yard play, like that, just the snap of the fingers. And then it was like, oh, another 20 yards. Oh, another 20 yards. And it's just like no one knows how to tackle Saquon. And it's like, oh, my God. And, of course, Saquon's going to just run it up the middle because no one's on the line. Everyone's playing conservative. And that's all Ed Donatel does. And adding on to it, this man came out and said, oh, we have a lot of defensive players out there. And they, the veterans, they're going to be taking the reins for themselves. I wish they would have taken the reins out of your goddamn play call sheet. I looked on the TV. That play call sheet was piss 
core. It had no, it one half of the page was just the Vikings logo. It was just one side page. Everyone else probably has like two sides on both the defensive playing calls. This man had one side. I guarantee you it was just drop back packages. This man had just n- only had just drop back plays and maybe one or two blitzes. I think he only brought the house three times that game. And it didn't even work out because they, Daniel Jones knew it was so obvious. And Daniel Jones could even see it coming. It's so frustrating you know, just from the Vikings fan defensive standpoint that we had such a bad defense this year. Whew. And now to the offensive side of things, obviously we talked, I mentioned it earlier. Kirk Cousins did really good. That's why I'm not mad at him. Only thing I'm mad at is how he threw he ended the game. Obviously that's how the Vikings, like I've talked to a couple of Vikings fans today at work. Um, there's some parents out there. And they, I didn't have my Vikings hat on. I did a day off from them. A couple of them <laughs> had their Vikings gear on still. And they were like, yeah, I'm used to it. But uh, I was really expecting that fourth quarter comeback, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, I was, and I was like, man, do you at least agree that it wasn't Kirk's fault? And he's like, yes. And they were, all of them said yes. Obviously, we were they were upset about the last play. And they were like, but they agree that with him too, like, like you watch that play, Justin Jefferson was in triple coverage. They had that man bracketed in the corner of the field. There was no way you can give him the ball. And for Kirk Cousins, you had to make a choice. Will you throw that 50-50 ball to K.J. Osborne, who just now had a breakout season? Uh, I personally don't have my confidence in him yet. I wouldn't have thrown it to Adam Thielen either because Adam wasn't doing as much as he used to this season. It's it's been an off season for those wide receivers, man. Um, and you have TJ Hawkinson, and he was like, hearing Kirk's explanation, you know, I'm glad that he didn't take the sack. It would be so Kirk Cousins like <laughs> to take in the sack right there. We've well, seen that happen so what he many did was times. also pretty Kirk Cousins like. Well, Colby, uh, let me finish explaining. I mean, how many <laughs> times have you seen him throw it under the sticks and then actually work for him this season? A lot. And that's why he went 11 and 0 in one score games. So I don't blame the th- process of thinking that Kirk had, is what I'm trying to say. It sucks that he threw it behind the six. Yes, the situation sucked. But to hear his explanation and to see the situation, the play call happen, I was like, it, it just, they had us, you know, that was, it, it just had us beat. And it's just like, offense could have used a little bit more help from the defensive side. If Ed Donatel wasn't just calling drop back coverages, but I digress from defense again because I am upset about how Justin Jefferson only had seven catches for 49 yards. That that can't be happening in the playoff when you need to win a game. Where was that? Where were those long bomb shots to Justin Jefferson where they are might be 50 50 plays? Be fair, to be fair, they were doubling him. They were yeah, doubling a lot. him the yeah. whole game. Yeah. Or not, you should, you know, you, as you should. So, I mean, if you're not doubling Justin Jefferson, what are you doing? Probably tackling Kirk Cousins. But, <laughs> but um, you know, it's it sucks. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I've had my time to think about it. It does suck. I'm not – I wasn't even frustrated because they did do what I asked. You know, they didn't – they went out in a sad fashion. And so, <laughs> it's – uh, yeah, man. Better to That's get pretty the much pain it. out of the way now. Yeah, I was about to say, they got the pain out now. And yeah, it was still a very 
like you said, Kirk Cousins like way. And, but it wasn't at least like when he said, I just didn't want like hearing Kirk say in the postgame interview, I don't want it to take, I cannot end that game on a sack. Means that that man actually been thinking about all the times that he's been ending games on sacks. I think that's fun. Starting to take a mental toll on him. So I'm glad that he's been thinking about that because <laughs> I've been sick of it too, Kirk. And uh, honestly, it's going to be interesting to see what the Vikings do this season, this off season, because Quesse has came out at the beginning of the season saying Kirk Cousins is not like Patrick Mahomes. We know that, but he had a great, <laughs> great season. Water so, is wet. Yeah, water is wet, and you know, so it's like it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, Hawkinson has one more year on his deal, so he's going to be around. And me personally, defense probably needs a whole rehaul. I think. Because you got to get that taste out of your mouth. That was just disgusting. And I hate to say that. I love so many of those veteran players on that defense. But, I mean, it's almost time. I think it's almost time for some of those guys to go. All right, Cole. Now, you can, uh, now what are your thoughts on this? Now, obviously, I only talked about the Vikings. So, I'll let you go ahead and talk no, about no. everything enjoyed, else about the game. <laughs> I enjoyed that. That was a very thorough and good analysis. Um I do feel you. I know, obviously, you know, uh, okay, I won't try to, you know, fully relate because obviously the Steelers have won. I've seen them win the Super Bowl, but it was a while ago. They've had some heartbreaking losses in, in recent years. Um, so I'm sorry. I do know that is rough for you. I have a take on what the Vikings should do in the offseason. It's funny you should mention Patrick Mahomes. Um, before I get to that, I do agree with most of what you said on the Vikings. It definitely was not Kirk's fault. Like, Yes, the last play was bad, and that's all anyone's going to talk about, but he was really good in the game up until that. It's unfortunate that that's what it's going to be remembered for, but this one is not mostly on him. Like, the defense, you said, was terrible, the pass coverage. Like, this one is much more on the defense than Kirk. I do agree with you on that. Like, it, it obviously shows you Kirk does have his limits, and, like, yes, that was a bad way to end it, but this one was more on the defense. Um I do want to talk, like, I'll give the Giants, I want to give the Giants some props, since obviously you had the full Vikings analysis, and I agree with most yeah, of there that. You go. Uh, so I'll just talk about the Giants a little bit. Um, yes, y'all's defense is bad, and a lot of quarterbacks look very good, but I got to continue to just give love to Daniel Jones, because yeah. he was fun to watch. Like, I was, I felt bad for you that they lost, but Daniel Jones was electric to watch. He was balling, he was dropping dimes. He was running around. Dayball, it just shows what an excellent, what a difference coaching can do. I saw, I don't know if you saw the thing. They were like, this Giants team, like, they only had like two free agent signings. And like one yep. was a backup quarterback. So this is literally plus. And the one. other one was a receiver who only had like seven catches. Yeah. So this <laughs> basically plus rookies and minus James Bradbury, who they cut to save money. Their better corner. Yeah. Basically, the same team that Joe Judge went four and thirteen with, plus some rookies, and Brian Dayball goes ten and seven and wins a playoff game. What a difference coaching makes. Daniel Jones looked like, like, yes, I think he's the guy in New York, and like I think they'll pay. They should pay him. I, it'll be fascinating to see what kind of contract he gets this off season. Um. But yeah, I mean, yes, you no, can't be top quarterback that's... money, though, right? You don't no, think no, no, no. going to throw him that type that's of bag. That's why I said it's interesting. Like, yeah, maybe like, but like, 
at the same time, like you should still pay him, especially in the NFC. So like, yeah, I mean, I'm guessing he gets like 30 something a year, probably similar, maybe more along the lines of a Kirk type of contract, something like that. Well, yeah, that doesn't hurt as much compared to these newer contracts this year. Remember that Kirk contract came out was blockbuster. Everyone was like, how in Sam hell do you pay him that much money? But now yeah, when you say 30 mil, it's not as bad. So So yeah, I'm going to be very interested to see him, but you have to roll with him. Like he is kind of perfect for Dayball. Dayball has completely cut out the turnovers in the last couple of weeks. They finally let him throw and he was cooking. Yes, y'all's defense was bad, but this is a very uninspiring group of receivers he has. And they're out there tearing it up. Like Daniel Jones looked like the guy to me. He looked legit. He was better than Kirk. As much as we say it was not on Kirk, like Daniel Jones looked better in this game. And he's, he's not the most refined quarterback I, I liked Daniel Jones. Yeah, first I said he has legs to run. He's yeah, those I, legs I, helps a lot. Yeah, I bailed on him after last year. It was a year too early. Obviously, the coaching is great. Like, is he as good a quarterback in the NFC? And I was thinking about Dak, and Dak was money in this game tonight. So Dak was great. But I'm thinking about like Dak, Kirk, Jared Goff, like those kind of guys in the NFC, right? Like the better, pretty mid, pretty mid. Like I would say above average. For yeah, all, slightly. Um, I think golf to this point is maybe the best, but Dak was great tonight. I don't know. But is Daniel Jones a better quarterback than those guys as far as is he more refined, more proven? No, not necessarily. Uh, But I'll tell you one thing that is an undisputable fact. He is bigger, stronger, and faster. He is. Yeah. Did you see that stiff arm play? And that's why you had to arm he dished out, man. He was stiff arming our corners like they were nothing, dude. Like he can run that ball. He (laughs) very like if imagine it was almost and this is the comparison that they were saying today. It's like Dayball's tournament to Kaepernick. Yeah, he's looked like Kaepernick. Yeah, like Kaepernick even was. Yeah, but more controlled too, like you said. Like he's Dayball, if he gets in control, man, it's going to be – Danny Dimes is crazy. We were – when he first got drafted, the comparisons to Eli and Daniel Jones were so crazy. And now it's just like an Eli Manning who can just escape out the pocket. Like, it's like Eli Manning, but he can escape out of the pocket now. He's just a good scrambler. So imagine Eli, but can scramble. And he has – he, like, talks like him, they say. He does interviews he like him. He looks like him. Yeah, he looks like <laughs> him. Like, he's just bigger and stronger, you know? He just has a bigger physique. And the biggest thing is, like, I think they also said is Dayball washed the Duke out of his mouth. <laughs> you know, he got the Duke out of his system, you know? And I think this is where I think it's going to be, I'm with you, Colby. It's going to be fun. like, I'm not mad. This is why I'm not at, that's why I'm not mad as much as I am. Cause I am happy for the giants. This was fun to watch for them. Like if I was a giants fan and I don't, I'm not like, even after this game, I'm not going to be like, Oh, fuck the giants forever. Nah, I don't care. Like that was, that was a good performance by them, man. Like you can't, you can't just, you can't just sit back and be like, damn, Good shit, you know. Like that was that was some good stuff right there that they dished out. So yeah, no, you're right on that. And I I think part of the reason I don't know if this is the reason for you, but like you mentioned that and I think about it. Like I also like I wasn't pulling for the Giants in this game necessarily. I was kind of just pulling for craziness. I like I said I was sad for you, um, but like I don't like root against the Giants too much really. Like and I think it's fun that they're good because 
I just feel like they built up so much good karma or so much good like love around the league because they beat Brady those two times. Everyone hates Brady and the Patriots, like the evil empire. And they beat him twice in the Super Bowl. So you're like, oh man, like obviously I was see them back. giants in those games. So yes. like they took some Super Bowls from Brady. So I'm like, man, they've done some good for all of us. <laughs> Imagine if they took a Super Bowl from Mahomes or something like that. Or stop Joe Burrow from another Super Bowl. Imagine that. Imagine if they oh my god, dude. The Giants, like, give them their flowers. They deserve all of it. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Uh marching uh first things first right now, since the game has obviously ended. And I'm on YouTube and they're just it's just rolling through the timeline because I didn't see my feed from them. Um, here's on the screen is the JK Dobbins tweet. Perfect transition for the next game here. JK Dobbins saying we could have won that game if Lamar played. Oh man. Colby. Go ahead and break us down for this intro for the Bengals, man. This was, oof. fellow AFC North rivals. Well, speaking of that, I'll just say things are looking up. I'll get to that in a minute. But, yes, so this was as predictably like the Ravens were good. They did cover it. They played great defense. This was back and forth. Huntley was playing fine. He was doing a pretty good job. They were holding Burrow as they've done a great job of all year. They're tied up. They're going in in the early fourth with a QB sneak from, like, the one-and-a-half-yard line. Fumbles, boom, 98 yards for a touchdown. Bengals score. They end up winning. Um, Tyler Huntley can't quite tie it up. They have the chance then miss it. So the Ravens nearly stole this one without Tyler Huntley or without Lamar, which would have been very impressive. And the Bengals did lose their starting left tackle, so they're now down three linemen. And I have yeah, lost Jonah Williams. About them being able to make a deep run now. Uh, feels bad because they finally got their line right, and now it's just back to being horrible. And that <laughs> feels bad for them, but yeah. And then the Lamar of it all, he doesn't travel. I actually heard Mark Schlereth say today that that's not a he doesn't think it's a big deal because they might be on there. Uh, because he's yeah, like, he's on there right now. They if they, it's because it's an injury, like they don't want swelling on the plane in case they thought he could have maybe played next week if they won. That could be the take, but it is with Lamar's – did you see his Instagram post and everything? So, like, it's not good vibes there. Like, it seems like there's some real lines that have been crossed and some uh, relationship damage in Baltimore. Well, you have to remember, Colby, he was just there the other week before. He was at that Bengals game last week. He yeah, was there the week before. Playoffs, maybe? Like, I don't know. I mean, I would. I mean, if you can show, like, uh, you have to remember, like Schlereff said, if it's because of the swelling on the knee from the plane, the man literally was there the week before, man. Like, it's, it doesn't look good. And of course, Lamar sending out all these cryptic tweets and, you know, just like throwing up. He's trying to make his, I think he's going to make his free agency fun. I think that's what we're trying to see. Obviously, we expect the tag. Uh, I've heard somewhere that he could probably say no to the tag. I don't know how that would work, but um, he just doesn't show up. Deshaun Watson. Uh, got, Deshaun Watson was under a five, like a five-year contract prior to all the sex crimes. He was under like a coming out. He was under. He just signed an extension, and he just didn't show up. And they're like, "All right, well, I guess we have to trade him. He's not showing up." So like Lamar, like it will be interesting to see. Like, would he go that far? Like, if they tag him, would he just like not play and like not show up? Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what Christian thinks about all this on Thursday. Obviously, he probably went through it, and he came in. He obviously wanted those Ravens to win. They did cover with Christian, so 
he's probably happy on that end but dude it's uh dude yeah like and then you have Dobbins coming out saying all this stuff about how he didn't get the ball enough and uh it's what do you expect though I mean you get Dobbins you are a good running back but you get banged up too though like they need you they still need you if you were to have advanced you know and you guys were doing good I agree with Dobbins though because I think he was mostly upset about that 14 point swing that happened where Huntley went over the one yard line it was a long one and a half yards that he was trying to reach over he went up when everyone says that in that situation you're supposed to go down and I think everyone was telling him that after the game. But because when he went up, as everyone knows, defender blocks the ball out and, and the hometown hero forgot his name. I think it was Sam Hubbard or something like that. Just came out, scooped it and ran it back for 98 yards. Yard. That was the game. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Like you, I knew like you knew that Huntley did not have another drive in him to get that get that touchdown back. And it blew, I guarantee you when that play happened, because as a Baltimore native, hometown kid, that that did hurt me. That, like to see that because I was like, oh shit, we about like they might actually pull this through. I might still have another team to root for here in the playoffs. <laughs> nope. <laughs> that ended in a dash. And I was like, damn, dude. Like I was even I was just like just so long. I was just heartbroken, dude. There's so, the playoffs, man, they bring the best and worst of things. And like you said, I want to switch over to the Bengals now. They got a trip to play with the Bills coming up. They just lost Jonah Williams, the third offensive lineman, all pro lineman, I'm pretty sure. Like, he's a he's a name that when they said Jonah Williams is out, I was like, oh, I know who that like is. He's having his best year this year. He's having a good year. Yeah, like, like we knew who Jonah Williams was. So, it's – uh. It's going to be tough. Like, the Bills, they're coming off a shaky performance. I'm pretty sure they got a couple injuries as well. Still, they're trying to recover from. And, I mean, everyone's injured, though. That's the thing. And that's what makes the playoffs so beautiful. But when you look at the Giants, and you said it yourself, they rested their players. Look how well they did. Um, oh, dude, man, it's just... Joe Burrow is going to have a tough time. It's going to be a fun game. I think the Bills-Bengals game, it might be gross. I think that game might get a little gross. And, and that just from the standpoint of the defenses might be uh, – might have to show up for their teams to win. I think where this is, might be a game where, obviously, the quarter – one of the team – victory – one of the teams that win that game is going to have the quarterback just go off, but they had to somehow overcome – like either a couple interce- one interception, a few sacks, like getting hit as he throws. I'm pretty. We're gonna see Grady Joe just like he did when he was going up against Tennessee. Obviously, it was nice that he didn't have to get thrown around for three straight games, but now he's gonna be getting thrown around for two. <laughs> so, so it, it's gonna be interesting. And obviously, um, Eli Apple is the last thing I want to talk about here. Dude got burnt by no name Ravens wide receivers. I think I think it was like two or three plays I saw where they were just like, oh, lop it up, and it's on Eli Apple. I was like, oh my god, that was like not again. Like playoff Eli Apple back in full effect. Um, man, I bet you from the Steelers standpoint of this game, though, you were probably like, right, what were your thoughts on this as a Steelers fan? What well, were you thinking? You led me into where I was going to go with this, and. Um, 
Well, for Cincinnati, I'll just say before I get into my last point, my other main point. Um, yes, there are real concerns, and I do agree, like, the Buffalo game. And, like, I mean, you got to think it's going to have also just kind of weird vibes around it, too, because of, obviously, the tragic incident that happened with DeMar Hamlin. Maybe not – hopefully, I mean, like, he's going to be okay now and everything, and he's doing better. He's out of the hospital and stuff. So that certainly probably makes it – takes makes it a little better. But, like, there's still going to be some kind of weird feelings around it. They're both – have looked a lot better at other points in the year than they do now. Like you said, like they're both coming in with some real issues. I really don't know what to expect from that one. That's going to be as that one. You could tell me any outcome. I don't think I'll be surprised. Like I could see either team blowing the other one out. Like the bills show up on their a game and the Bengals O line just implodes. The bills could run their run them out. If Josh Allen has a bunch of turnovers and Burrow's cooking, the Bengals blow them out. I could see it. I could see it being a close down to the wire, bizarre game either way. Like that is going to be something to see next week. I really have no feel for that one. Yeah. True. A true toss up. I don't know what the spread is. I don't want to spoil anything for Thursday because obviously lines change, but yeah, that, that, that one I hope is a true toss up. Yeah. But okay, so you asked me as a Steelers fan. My twisted uh, thoughts that I'm having here, Jalen, as I see, oh, this is so sad, how this Lamar Ravens drama. Are we living in a world? Could we be sitting here one year from today, in theory? And, you know, Kenny Pickett's rookies had some ups and downs, but he came on towards the end there. Steelers, all oh, the Steelers storied franchise. The tides in the north have finally turned. They're they're going down. They don't have the, the great quarterback anymore. Could we be sitting here in one year and saying Kenny Pickett is the second best quarterback in the AFC North? Could Lamar yeah. leaves if he's not on the Ravens or whatever keeps happening and Deshaun Watson turns out again next year is just not the same as he used to be. He looks as shaky as he did this year with the Browns and another year of development and improvement for Pickett. Hopefully they make some moves to get better around him with all these picks. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking things are looking up. If we're Pittsburgh, the Ravens are imploding. The Browns will see what they do. The Bengals are still going to be a force, a problem obviously because of Burrow and everything, but things are looking up as the Steelers, the Steelers stock. I'm, I'm feeling confident about the future. Yeah, especially with all this Baltimore news coming out. That's why I had to ask you, man. With all this Baltimore news, and like, I've been hearing people like, dude, I, I personally, I think I've said it too. Like, Baltimore's about to be heading into a dark place if they do not figure this stuff out. Harbaugh seems like he is done. Like, he just seems like he does not want to deal with another rebuild again. Um, and shoot, he he got lucky. He got Lamar. And he didn't have to rebuild it technically. He just had to get new pieces to change his offense. And you can't get – and the worst thing is they they can't sign free agent wide receivers. For some reason, the Ravens just can't get the big-name receiver to come over there and help out Lamar. And they, they need to do something, dude, because I know Baltimore loves Lamar and, you know, Lamar probably has mad respect for them. But at the same time, the way things played out here at the end of the season, it was the one thing we wanted to avoid at the beginning of the season. You know, we talked about it at the beginning and 
shoot, we might be if he gets tagged and he actually takes it, we might be talking about another season of contract talk for Lamar. You know, That's what I'm saying like how how far will he take it? Like, yeah. would he if he gets like because he clearly he wants the guaranteed deal. So like he's certainly not gonna want the tag. Like if they tag him, like I wonder would he go to the point of like I'm not gonna show up. If he does that, like then you're gonna have to trade him at, at some point. Like yeah, and, <laughs> dude, like I think I I am truly I truly I can't wait to hear what Christian has to say about this because this is it's very very confused very confusing times. Like I, I even I'm like oof. Gotten a lot worse I know. the last couple of days. Yeah, these next couple of this is gonna be some rough times for the Ravens, man. It's gonna be a very dramatic offseason for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. But that gets through the playoffs. Later was a wild start to uh wild card weekend and to the playoffs. I didn't give you my, my other Vikings take, did I? That I said I was no, gonna... you didn't know. You only gave me the one. Let me circle back to that. Sorry, I got lost. There we go. Um, Move on. I was going to say what the Vikings should do. This is wrap it up here. Or at least maybe not 100% should do, but at least certainly look into or think about. All right, so I don't know how much you've read or how much you know about this year's draft coming up. Obviously, we'll ramp up into that a lot more once the season ends. But I think the Vikings should consider, and no disrespect to Kirk, I know this wasn't on him, and they've got to fix their defense. But if they can move up a little bit or if it falls into their lap, there's a kid, Anthony Richardson, the quarterback from Florida. I've heard about him. Yes, yeah, so he is – he's not going to be – there's going to be – Three are going to go before him. He's not going to go before Levis, Stroud, or Young because they're all just much more polished, much better quarterbacks at this point. But Anthony Levis? Richardson, yeah, even Levis. Dang, dang, that sucks. <laughs> and I don't love Levis. I don't. Think I don't love Levis either. That's why when you said that, Richardson has a high has a higher ceiling, but he's mobile. Yes. So Anthony Richardson is like six four, six five, big, physical, very, very fast, cannon arm. Physically traits, he's the best prospect. He has more impressive physical athletic traits than Young, Stroud, or Levis by far. But he's also not been nearly as much of a passer as them. He's not nearly ready. But he's a boomer bust, high ceiling, very low floor prospect. I think the Vikings, if it if, it's, if he's fallen a little bit, assuming no one swings on him way too high in the top ten, if you get the chance to move up a little bit or he falls to you, like I think they should draft him because it'd be the perfect place. He can sit a full year behind Kirk, like Mahomes did with Alex Smith. Much better than a you Kirk is much better than a normal guy you're sitting a room. It's not like Mitch Trubisky and Pickett, where Mitch plays like four games. Like Kirk will play the full year. Like he's not gonna be ready to beat out Kirk first year. But the ceiling would be so high, and I think it would be worth a risk just because you know where your ceiling is with Kirk, like him and Justin Jefferson, if he pans out, like that could be filthy. Like the ceiling is very high and I would at least strongly look into it. If I'm Minnesota, maybe he never gets the accuracy down. Like he said, he was like, I watched him play Florida state and he missed a lot of throws. Like he is not, he is raw. He is very, very raw, which is why he's not in the conversation to be at the top pick. But I think if you're Minnesota, it could be the perfect spot to swing for the fences with it, even though your defense is really bad. 
All right, Cole. Here's the thing. I don't hate that take, actually. I actually do not hate that take. It's a good take. What you inspired me is uh, very much like the Randy Moss Dante Cole Pepper connection. I and that and that, that that's what you were just pretty much put in my head. You know, Anthony Richardson, a big, just cannon arm, just heaves it up to Justin Jefferson every game. And uh, that would be beautiful if he did like a Dante Culpepper, you know, maybe one or two breakout years and then he just stinks. But I'll have fun with those two seasons. Um, and then let's see, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, yeah. Uh, he's a Florida quarterback, Cole. So I have my hesitations. The last Florida quarterback we had, you know who it was? Christian Ponder. Florida State. This, this That's is still Florida. Different. That's still Florida. <laughs> This is very different than Christian Ponder, but it's very also very risky for like you said, like I'm not like I won't lie to you. Like the, the understandable to have your reservations. Like you're the Vikings GM, like you draft Anthony Richardson, like you're like you're probably mm-hmm. taking a shot after you're like, well, this is I mean, it's risky. He might completely just flame out and be bad because he like I said, the accuracy like he did not look great against uh Florida State. He's had some rough games, but the ceiling is super hot. Yeah, and uh, I was about to say, if he can do what Dante Culpepper did and just target our number one receivers and just let that thing heave, I wouldn't be disappointed. It'd be fun to watch. So, you know, I've seen him play a couple times. I, like, I, like I said, I heard his name. I knew he was a mobile quarterback. So, and uh, the idea of having him sit behind Kirk, you know, doesn't bother me at all. I just don't know if I want to spend my first round pick on him. That's probably the only thing. But, I mean, if the way you're making him sound like your sales pitch makes it seem like you got to take him as you got to take him if he falls to him, you yeah, know. I think he'll go in the first round. Like, I wouldn't, think be surprised. So. I wouldn't be surprised if someone talks themselves in to take him in the top 10. And, like, if that happens, like, obviously, then yeah, you, you're not going to, you don't need to give up a haul for him. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how the process plays out if he goes up or down, his stock does. But, I would I ex, right now I think he'll go in the first round pretty confidently. But uh, I won't say uh, I will say this, Colby. I think after that game, I will be uh, starting to take into account. Oh, here we go. Now Chris Sims is showing the Vikings uh, last play <laughs> of the game on his podcast, and as he does it, it's like, oh, look at that. Yep, three people got him. Yeah, you had to throw that ball to either. You had to throw it to KJ. Oh no. Yeah, KJ was wide open. That feels bad. <laughs> oh God, that just like he has, but he has is the uh, like the lines coming out, so you can see like where the bubble receiver defenders are and the receivers. KJ had him beat, and Kirk just was uh, looking the other way. He was looking the other way. That stinks. But um, I will say this, Cole. But I have been considering looking into the future of quarterbacks because I don't want us to sign another veteran. I want us to bring in oh, some yeah. young talent. No, you I know, agree. With that. I don't hate yes, the Kirk okay. Cousins experience. The Kirk Cousins experience has been ups and downs. It's been exactly what they projected. Um, yeah, I guess I, I'm, I've been thinking about it too. It's almost time for the change of guard. I think his contract's going to end up in the next couple of seasons, anyways. So, mm-hmm. yeah, completely with you on that, man. I just don't know if I want to spend that first round pick if and all that is. There's obviously That's some very things the Vikings need on the defensive side. There's yeah, obviously yeah, a lot of things they need on the defensive side. It's very hypothetical. We're still very well, long ways from the draft. But just throw – I want to throw the idea out there. 
because we'll probably hopefully talk about it again maybe oh yeah it'll be in the conversation for sure <sighs> all right all right well before we wrap up the midnight oil it's been uh burning for 21 minutes for you it seems uh final thoughts man well, final thoughts. That was a great weekend of playoff football. Excited for another one ahead. I'll take it back to basketball and just kind of continue to shed some light on how bizarre uh, the Western Conference is. Very. Like, I've been keeping up a little more. There's only six teams with winning records. Teams basically six through 12, six through 13 really are like all very close like it's bizarre like okc is hooping lately they've won three sga or dogs they're in the mix like golden state is up and down they're 500 they're currently seventh the clippers the Suns are free falling they've they're one and nine in their last 10 it is just absolutely bizarre so it's strange denver and memphis currently sit at the top the top four teams in the west um and all those big market snobs out there in the media who are like, oh, that's only good if it's the, the top five market. We don't want to have to see Milwaukee and Phoenix play. Oh, it only is fun if it's <laughs> big markets. Like, they got to be freaking out right now because the one through four in the West currently goes Denver, Memphis, New Orleans, Sacramento. I love it. <laughs> I oh, love it, too. I hope those are the Dallas. final four West teams. That'd be amazing. Um. So, yeah, it's strange. I almost thought about just completely dunking on you and talking about Walker Kessler as my final thought. I don't know if you saw what he did to your Wolves yesterday, but I didn't want to pour it on. Wait, so, a, I feel like we let go of Walker Kessler, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, he was in the Gobert yeah. trade. Yeah, we let him go. Yeah, obviously that bites us back in the ass. Uh, you know, damn, dude, I've been looking at the NBA, though. It's a great final thought. It's been a little better lately, though. It has been. been Thunder Thunder was going to be my final thought because I have been – I've seen the SGA post of how he has the same – I think he has more points than both Kawhi and PG combined or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Or SGA does, yeah. Yeah, SGA has, like, more points combined than those two guys combined. And, you know, obviously he used to be a clipper. So I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool stat to bring up. Um, I guess really going back to final thoughts, I like the idea of keeping it in the NBA. Of course, cool, but this is probably the last time I'll be able to talk about my Vikings. You know, in the NFL sense, I said it last week. My season could have ended this week, and it did. So my final thought is, thank you, Minnesota, for a very roller coaster of a season. Um, yeah, those games were electric. I'm that that's the main reason why I'm truly not upset. Those games were so fun. I would have never thought we would have done that. So um you know really we just ran out of magic, man. We just ran out of magic. Yeah. Well, Jalen, I appreciate you topping through that episode. That was still some very good stuff. Stuff as always. <laughs> Woo, thank you for listening to the CJ JC show. If you want more content, follow us on Instagram, where we post weekly pickums and other social media whenever that happens. Also, keep a lookout for our pickums list so you can join in on the takes and all the fun. Peace out.